Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Joe and Joe Weather Show on this Friday night, the 4th of December, 2027 days left in this wonderful year. And the Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware in West Babylon, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue, 631-756-1125. The website is omnitruevalue.com. They're your go-to place when winter storms come, so you can get your winter storm supplies, including Omnimelt, Geomelt, Biomelt, Petalo Calcium Chloride Pellets, Mag Ice Pellets and Flake, Spreaders, Snowblowers, Generators, whatever you need for the upcoming winter, you can get it and get it quick and with the best prices in town, OmniTrueValue.com. So, really, we have our, uh, first of all, I want to just say, Good evening, everybody, and good evening to everybody on the chat board, and uh, if you like what you see, hit the like button. Uh, it's a, a good way to show your support, and really appreciate it when you do. So thanks very much for those of you who have hit the like button already. This is our first winter storm, really, for the Northeast, at least for New England, and I don't know, Joe, I kind of went... Um, the, you've got the Weather Service doing... I'm, I'm not criticizing anybody's forecast because you can't really do that till it's over uh to be fair but i thought their numbers were a little bit on the high side on the other hand uh wpc the weather prediction center uh their numbers their probabilities uh are to me look a little bit maybe on the low side uh, i sort of lean to the low end and somewhat split the difference uh, i don't know i, I i'm uh I'm a little leery because it's it's not that cold at the moment, which is not a surprise, but even the cold air that's coming down with that northern shortwave isn't exactly uh, a cold air, air mass you want to write for the history books. You know, Joe, I think what we're going to see is uh, what a friend of ours, um, uh, Pete Bergman, told me a long time ago. When we Actually, he told me this when we were into college. He said, in his opinion, situations like this, Cold air advection cuts all the precipitation off. And even though the winds will turn to the north probably later tonight and first thing in the morning tomorrow, by the time uh, the uh, cold air uh, becomes significant or substantial enough to change any precipitation to snow, at least for our part of the northeast, it looks like it's going to be all but over. And, and we're so, talking eastern Pennsylvania to coastal southern New England, by the way. That's yeah, our part. I really don't, you know, I mean, like up up in the mountains, obviously, of northern uh, Vermont, northern uh, New Hampshire, and a good pond of uh, Maine, they'll be seeing uh, a good deal of snow, certainly enough to shovel. But if you, uh, even even a cheap thrill down in our neck of the woods doesn't look like it's really going to be uh, taking place. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, day. you know, maybe, maybe some folks will see some wet snow mixing in or maybe a few ice pellets. I wasn't really overly enthused with regards to... Uh, uh, what's going to happen down our way, mainly because of the fact that, I mean, it's all fine and dandy. You've got a storm that's that's going to be uh, developing offshore. It, it, and it starts to intensify rapidly. And when it does that, it's almost going by us. You really need it to happen when it's down off the Virginia or Delaware coast. You need that process already taking place to pull down the cold air. Uh, it'll be fine for interior New England, but it, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be anything for us. And in the aftermath, it looks like we'll probably be uh, cold, or at least on, let's call it, a, on the chilly side of normal, Sunday, and maybe through the first half of next week, because there's still troughing going on. There's going to be another low that's going to form off the Carolinas on uh, on Monday. That'll draw down a little more cold air. But I, I think this week ahead for us is going to be uh, mostly dry. I think uh, personally that uh, we may finish out the day tomorrow with a bit of sunshine. If uh, you know the, the the models are hinting at some pokes or breaks of sun, but usually when you have an intensifying storm such as this, uh, the drying and sweep of clearer air usually comes in a bit quicker. So yeah. it would not be at all surprising to me if we, at case in point, case in point, what we had on Thanksgiving. I remember on Thanksgiving, I, I was telling people, I said, well, the sun may put in a cameo appearance before the end of the day. Look what happened. Yeah, it we broke out wide open. Bright sunshine. It was a gorgeous afternoon. So don't be surprised if we have we have rain now, rain for the first half of tomorrow, then it shuts off by about noontime, and then maybe by 2, 3 o'clock, 
we're breaking out of the bright sun. Yeah, I think for me on Long Island, it might take longer. I may not get it till later in the afternoon. So, uh, but either way, Sunday is by comparison the better of the uh, of the two weekend days. Uh, why don't we go through? Uh, let's go through a few of the. Um, I got I got the snowfall forecast maps. I pulled them all up from the weather service, and then I'll show you mine that I did uh, for uh, southern New England. So we'll start with Boston, and uh, Boston's got uh, the accumulating snows mainly along and north of 84, two to three in Litchfield County, and uh, kind of noses uh, the four to six in the northeastern part of Connecticut. And then you get up into Massachusetts around uh, Worcester, where uh, they're going eight to 12 there. Uh, they're even going uh, th uh, three inches or so for Boston. For, for, for And I'm thinking back to uh, earlier in November, I think it was in early November, where they wound up with something similar to this, and they wound up getting about, I think, three or four inches in Boston itself. So yeah. uh, I suppose that's uh, not too bad for a repeat performance. Uh, Vermont, uh, where your search for a cracker barrel would be uh, futile. Uh, yeah. You... Uh, uh, most of Vermont actually isn't going to see very much. Maybe the most on the Weather Service forecast in the southeast and northeast corners, where you see uh, some higher amounts in the six-inch plus range. Then we move over to the east in New Hampshire. New Hampshire does very well. Uh, looks like they have anywhere from seven to twelve uh, in uh, in in New in the Granite State. My uh, uh, description of New Hampshire is that it's paradise on earth. I just love that place. And uh, going into the western half of Maine, uh, not too shabby there. 12 at Rumford, 14 Augusta, 14 at Lewiston, 11 at Samford, uh, Skohegan, 14. I, I said that right, too. And then up in uh, northern Maine, uh, also uh, some 11 to 14 inch amounts uh, expected. Uh, down East Maine, you get down toward Baja Harbor and Eastport uh, a lot less because they may actually change over to rain. Uh, they'll probably get more in southwestern Maine than they will get in uh, northeastern Maine. And here's what I did. I, I just kind of have a, 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 a zero, the, 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 the black line, you know, anywhere from just some flakes to maybe uh, where there's some elevation, a slushy coating to an inch. And I just kept it on the order of uh, one to two uh, inches or so in most of Connecticut, except for the northeast corner. And I start to get into some of the higher amounts. And where the Weather Service has got eight, eight to 12, I've got six plus for uh, uh, east central Massachusetts. I didn't push it up much further than that. But uh, clearly, so coastal southern New England down to Long Island, New Jersey, the lower Hudson Valley, Back to eastern Pennsylvania. I, I, I mean, other than a couple of flakes or ice pellets that mix in, I think that's going to be it. I think so, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, you know, I saw the Lewiston forecast. That's where the uh, the Farmers Almanac is published, and uh, that's a pretty good amount. I'm over a foot there. A friend of mine, Mark Melhot, that's up in uh, Maine, says on his Facebook page, "There is snow in our forecast, and where we are, possibly lots of it, a foot or more." So. Uh, that's the place to go, I guess, if you're a snow lover. Although, as we touched yesterday, Joe, uh, you know, this probably you, all of the snow uh, or skiers would, would be rejoicing right now. But in the current situation with COVID, I don't think there are very many uh, skiing resorts that are open uh, in spite of the fact that the weather is certainly favorable for, for doing that. I uh, got a 20 print here. I'm guessing that's Mount Washington. On, uh, on on the digital uh, forecast view. Uh, but uh, again, you see the um, uh, the big amounts that are up in Maine. Steve LaPointe hitting Super Chat tonight. Uh, Joe and I express our greatest thanks to you. Uh, most appreciated as always. And uh, here's here's my issue. I don't think you'll disagree with me. We, have, we still have temperatures mostly in the middle to upper 40s, which is not insurmountable. But even when you go up to the north and through upstate New York, it's still mostly uh, in the low to mid 40s and even some middle to upper 40s in some places. It, it's very it's it's fairly warm. And you, you have to if we were seeing an air mass coming down from uh, as a result of that northern shortwave. And if we had um, 
uh, a, uh, an air mass that behind the front you had temperatures were the teens and single digits, then I would be, I think, I think would be justified to be uh, more bullish with regards to snowfall. I'm still a little nervous about how much you're going to get out of this uh, in New England. But, you know, at this stage of the game, it's a sort of uh, you start playing we'll see. And uh, indeed, we will. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my, my, my daughter, who's uh, staying with us this weekend, she uh, actually is up in uh, the New Paltz area. She's looking at me and saying, you mean to tell me I wouldn't have gotten any snow? I, I said, if, if you get excited by a few wet snowflakes, that's about that's about it. I really didn't see uh, even up, up there any kind of significant uh, snow event taking place. And she said, will it ever snow this winter? I said, well, I, I've been saying it's only early uh, December, for God's sake. Well, yeah, uh, but I've been I've been saying, Joe, that uh, I have this feeling that whatever snow we get this winter for all the snow levers, it's not going to come through the course of the winter. It's, I think it's we're going to get snow. It's going to be in one big lump, <laughs> one 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 you know big blowout of a of a storm. Be it you know one of the uh, ten to fifteen or fifteen to twenty inch jobs. I think that's what we're, we're going to see uh, sometime during the winter season. And meanwhile, until that happens, we'll just hear all the snow lovers out there crying and saying, oh, we're not going to get anything this year. <laughs> uh, United Heretics Rising General Constitutional Keys on the chat board, Joe, says a lot of ski resorts are open with social distancing rules. Okay. Well, I got to imagine when you're on the slopes, you are pretty much always socially distant, aren't you? Well, I mean, I don't see, unless, unless the person that you're sitting on on the ski lift is not related to you or is not a very close relative. Um, yeah, then I guess. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the lifts. I'm not a ski person. I don't pay money to fall down. I, you know, I, I have only been on a ski lift a few times up in Hunter Mountain, for example. And it's not during the winter, but during the summertime. Uh, during the summer season, it's, it's a lovely place. They have all kinds of festivals at Hunter Mountain. But uh, on you go on those ski, I say to myself, I said, now, how do people do this in the wintertime? actually go all the way up there and then they they come on down with those long things attached to their feet bottom of their feet forget it i'm not i'm not dealing no with i that. did it once and I, as i just said joe i'm not paying good money to fall down yeah I, I'm, I'm not good with that sort of stuff all right on the satellite tonight the the two streams in the jet are fairly evident here you've got the northern branch that's starting to get involved you've got the uh, the southern part here uh, that is uh, shooting out uh, its uh, its disturbance, they are uh, unfazed at the moment. They are separate, uh, but we are going to see uh, this all phased together uh, tomorrow. Again, the phase is probably going to be too. It is going to be too late for snow lovers in our zones, but uh, for the for interior New England, it comes in in a, a fair amount of time. And the big question will be how much of that cold air gets involved, how much dynamic cooling. It's a lot easier to get dynamic cooling up in New England, particularly in a situation like this, because you got mountains. So that that helps right off the bat. Right. Elevation. Elevation is yeah. everything. In a, in a word. <laughs> so on the radar, now for, for our area, we should talk about the fact that it does look like we're going to get hit with the a, a, a decent shot of rain. In fact, Joe, I'm looking at the radar this evening. It's really blossomed out back through West Virginia, uh, Virginia, down into Western North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, that area has really grown, and that's going to get in here during the uh, early morning hours and uh, last uh, into tomorrow morning. Uh, you've got this narrow band of rain that's run out of head. It's almost like a stick that runs from Southeast PA across southern Connecticut down into southeastern Massachusetts. But the main game is still, you know, back to the west. And that's where your low center is. That's a pretty uh, pretty sharp-looking uh, uh, southern uh, upper air disturbance that's, that, that's uh, headed our way. And, you know, uh, Joe, in the Hudson Valley, I'm, I'm saying, generally speaking, uh, a half to one inch total of uh, rainfall with uh, lighter amounts to the north and west and heavier amounts to the south and east. I'm sure that you're where you are out on Long Island, you may get into even heavier bands. Oh, I'm, think, I'm thinking it could be every bit of uh, an inch to an inch and a half. Maybe maybe for the eastern half of the island, they may wind up with an inch and a half plus. Right, right. And it could be and some, key, and it could be two inch amounts in, in southeastern New England too. So the key to this whole thing is that 
since it's basically a coastal system, well, not basically, it is a coastal system that we're watching that'll be somewhere off of uh, Del Marva by uh, late tonight and tomorrow morning and we're rapidly whirling away toward Nova Scotia. And that's why I think that that combine, as it combines with that, that weather front uh, and intensifies, I think that's gonna be the key to, you know, cutting all of this off very quickly. But again, much to the chagrin of the snow lovers because uh, that'll be just also the time when uh, the gusty cold northerly winds will be blowing. But by then those cold winds will have nothing to work with if you're, if you're hoping for the white stuff. Well, at four o'clock this afternoon on the 21Z surface map, behind the front that's with that northern stream that, that's getting involved here, as I said, temperatures behind it aren't exactly anything to write home about cold-wise. It, it made it up into the low 40s in Michigan. All right, you could say that, well, they just had the frontal passage. All right, I'll give you that. But uh, you, you move up into the upper peninsula. It's in the upper 20s to mid-30s. You have to really go north of Lake Superior to find temperatures that are in the low to mid-teens. This is certainly a time of year where you could see a cold high it's, uh, coming down from the north where you're looking at temperatures that are down uh, single digits or even below zero. That would be uh, something uh, much more formidable uh, as it moved southeastward. But, you know, you, you play with the hand you're dealt with. Meanwhile, in the southern stream, you just, you know, for now, at, the, at least for now, you have a weak 10, 12 millibar low in northeast Georgia. There's a, a developing warm front that runs across central Georgia into South Carolina. So that's some of that warmer tropical air trying to move northward. Certainly it's enhancing the rains that we saw on the radar across West Virginia, Virginia, Western North Carolina, and then all of that shooting up uh, to the Northeast. Uh, we don't have a high to the North that's uh, pitched down with pitching down cold air uh, or the high is well out to the East. So we actually have Southwest winds uh, at the moment. Uh, that uh, are, uh, uh, are are blowing, uh, nothing uh, strong. Uh, how windy tomorrow, you think? I mean, I, I thought for me that the winds really would pick up once the low goes by, and uh, at least for the immediate coast, uh, we might see some gusts here at 30 to 40. I don't think they'll be strong enough for uh, advisory criteria, uh, at least for uh, for my neck of the woods. No, I don't think I don't think they're going to be that. Uh, I, I think you're know, <laughs> excuse you know, 30, me. bless you. 30 to 40, uh, that would be mainly along the coast, up where I am, probably more like 20 to 30. But uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I can't see the Weather Service putting up any wind advisories, especially in the, some situations like we've seen in recent weeks where, you know, I thought that they should have and they never did. So in this type of a situation, which is very marginal, I wouldn't suspect that they're going to uh, pull the plug and uh, say, okay, let's put up an advisory. It, it doesn't it, it doesn't quite measure up, but uh We'll, we'll watch it. We uh, we have a number of winter storm warnings that are up from uh, uh, e the eastern half of uh, Ma Massachusetts, except right along the coast of Boston. In a, uh, I, I believe that's the. It's hard for me to tell the color. If that's oh, that's a uh, a winter weather. No, it's a winter storm watch. Uh, they got they still have they do have a winter storm watch uh, for uh, areas from Boston just just west inland. Then you go to a warning in places like uh, Worcester, and then uh, winter weather advisories in Western Mass, Western Vermont. Winter storm warnings uh, also for all of New Hampshire, almost all of Maine. Uh, there's uh, winter storm watches uh, for coastal Maine and some of the inland counties in down east Maine. Uh, but uh, I guess they're waiting to see uh, just how this whole this whole uh, storm plays out because those areas might be a little tenuous with regards to warmer air. Storm warnings are up for the coastal waters to about uh, Block Island, and you've got high wind warnings up for coastal eastern Massachusetts, eastern and southeastern Massachusetts. Gale warnings uh, running from uh, the Long Island coastal waters uh, down the New Jersey coastal waters uh, to uh, to Delaware. And uh, uh, and to the uh, southern part of the Delmarva Peninsula, uh, this is that that's uh, again. I like you, I don't think we're going to have to worry too much about wind issues uh, in the uh, in in the inland spots with this. And let me just make sure. Yeah, okay, got it. I just want to make sure I had the everything updated, which which I do. So let's jump over to WPC and see what they're doing. First off, on their rainfall forecast map. 
and these are seven-day rainfall amounts, but this is really front-end loaded because we're not going to have much happening this week in New England down uh, uh, to uh, the Delmarva Peninsula, but you can see the stripe of two to three-inch rains or more running from uh, the Delmarva Peninsula, uh, touching southern New Jersey, touching eastern Long Island, southeastern New England. Uh, the inch-and-a-half line that crosses Long Island into the southern New Jersey uh, you you're in that three quarters of an inch to an inch zone, and and but the amounts sharply cut off once you go north and west of there. Right. Uh, also, just want to point out some of the precip that you see in Virginia and North Carolina. Now, some of that is from what's going on tonight, but there may also be uh, some precip there on Monday with another low, and I think there's a chance that there might be some snow in parts of southern Virginia and western North Carolina from what I would uh, describe as the third storm in this particular series that'll be developing uh, on Monday. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Pacific Northwest Coast uh, down into Northern California showing uh, about uh, one inch plus rainfall amounts uh, for the next seven days. And you continue to see some rather stormy conditions in Western Canada uh, with storms continuing to come in further north because of the ridges in the Western part of the United States. The plains look dry. The uh, western lakes, parts of the Ohio Valley, uh, uh, looking like they'll be dry uh, for the next seven days. Adam Lowe on the chat board, in fact, just alludes to what you were talking about a few moments ago, Joe, about uh, the potential for some uh, frozen precip for parts of Virginia and North Carolina. That comes from a storm that looks like it's going to start revving up later Monday and Monday night. And then once it gets its feet wet and moves out over the ocean, is going to intensify dramatically by uh, Tuesday night. They have it on the latest GFS as a 969 low, but it looks like it's going to be about, I'd say, 250 to 300 miles southeast of Cape Cod and about 300 miles south of Nova Scotia. Misses us entirely. And he, Adam Lowe says, with all the cold air in place, uh, this, you know, like, kind of like a, the, the, the uh, snow lovers get their teeth, teeth kicked in with the fact that. This is the storm that could really and truly blossom into a major snowfall, if only it would take the right course or the right track. But it looks like this one's going to take a little bit more of an east and east-northeast course away from the coast and won't have much say in our weather, but maybe we'll, uh, as you mentioned, possibly bring a little bit of frozen precip before it starts revving up to uh, North Carolina and Virginia. Joseph Gallo says, I've been so focused on this system, I stopped paying attention to any long-range upper air maps. That's exactly what you should be doing, Joseph. When there's, you know, when you've got something in the short range, the the long range can wait. But we will take a look at it. He was asking about uh, does it look blocky uh, in the longer term? Well, at least on the, this latest run of the GFS, I thought it did. But we'll 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 get into that uh, in a moment. Uh, but uh, I, I just uh, I set up the upper air from a couple of days ago. This was the first trough, of course, that uh, moved on through earlier this week. Uh, and uh, then you see the second one here uh, that is in the southwest. That is part of that uh, is being kicked eastward, and that's the system that is now moving through uh, uh, into Georgia and in the Carolinas. The other part is dropping down into the southwest, and that's going to be the system that comes behind this for Monday. Meanwhile, here's the northern trough, the northern shortwave. You have a ridge in the west, so all the moisture and energy from the Pacific uh, coming uh, from the southwest into western Canada. And you also have a big ridge out in the Atlantic uh, up uh, along 40 degrees north, uh, I'm sorry, along 40 west, going uh, all the way up to Greenland, uh, which is helping this storm to do its uh, to, to take the course that it's going to take, uh, which is uh, up the coast. And you can see that the, the two streams fra phase but again, the northern shortwave, if it were a little bit deeper uh, than what's being indicated, then I think we would have had maybe a, 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 a more of a, of, of a widespread uh, type snow event in the northeast. And maybe it, we would have brought some snow down to the coast. But the trough just isn't just isn't deep enough. Uh, that lifts up and out. And now, of course, the shortwave that is left behind in the southwest gets kicked eastward. And guess what? Here comes another shortwave down from the north. And this time around, I, you look at it at this point on Monday, Joe, where you've got this wrapped up cutoff low uh, in Kentucky and Tennessee, and you think, oh, wow, well, look, this could be, you know, this could be something that comes up the coast. But the problem is the uh, this is where 
the uh, negative NAO works against you uh, because you still have this ridge up along 40 or just east of 40. That's keeping the storm from tomorrow from racing out of here. It gets up into eastern Canada and uh, it's uh, just just slows to a crawl. So there really isn't any room for this to lift up and around. So instead, it's going to go more east and then turn northeast once it's well out offshore. So uh, you, it, it's always give and take in the world of weather. You could have you have the uh, we've been talking about having that negative North Atlantic ice oscillation with higher pressures up in the North Atlantic. But here's a here's a case where it's actually going to keep a storm from moving up the coast. And there you can see the upper low swings out east off Virginia and North Carolina and then runs up northeast to just south of Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. So it gets there the long way. So it goes out east and then it turns north, northeast uh, or northeast and, and heads up to Nova Scotia. And we're just left uh, with a cold flow behind it. And then after that goes by, there's another week short. There's a there's another system that drops off the southeast coast at the uh, along about Thursday. Uh, that's when we'll probably start to see temperatures moderate toward the end of the week. The upper flow becomes a bit westerly. You've got another trough that drops down into the southwest uh, that uh, lifts up towards the Great Lakes. I'm still not 100% sure how that's going to play, but. It, Jaws, looking at this at the long term, uh, it's still uh, the models seem to want to continue the idea of higher pressures up in the North Atlantic. It does look kind of blocky to me uh, going toward now at the end of last day on this is now Sunday, December 20th, does look kind of blocky to me. Uh, what comes out of it, I don't know. I did the, the surface map that goes with it would get everybody excited, but I'm not going to waste time getting excited about something at 300 at hour 384. Yeah, in fact, somebody on the chat board was saying, "Boy, it certainly looks interesting for uh, December twenty-first," uh, and I I did see that. Yeah, that's I, that. I can guarantee you, it's go, it, it's going to look different. You know, it's going to look different on the next run. So don't even don't even bother yeah. spending the energy. Anything anything that's out beyond five or six days is going to look different on a run-to-run basis. So, um, I and and you two, you're talking about something on the twenty-first of December. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. It. I will say it's an active pattern. I will say that, in fact, there's more activity and more chances out in the next uh, couple of weeks, as opposed to, let's say, any time during the winter season last year, where we were just sitting here twiddling our thumbs. So at least there's some activity. Oh, yeah. Be it, uh, be it snow, rain, wind or whatever. At least there's some some stuff going well, on. What you have there. to hope for is something like what just what's happening today, where you really didn't have a this is the problem in this pattern when you have. As we've been emphasizing, the fact that we've have you, know, you have these two separate streams, these two strong jet streams that are running across one from Canada, one across the southern states, and uh, you're going to have models having a lot of difficulty figuring out what to do with all this energy that's running around. So I don't know that you could have really foreseen specifically what's going on tonight for New England. You might have said that that looked like there might be hints of it, but the models really didn't become clear on this until just a couple of days ago. I mean, we were hardly right. talking about this earlier this week. So, Absolutely. yeah. So I, this is what you're gonna you're contending with in this pattern. Uh, as long as the, my view is, as long as the negative the NAO is negative, there's you will there's a chance that you could have pieces come together, and they may not be evident. At the moment, there's just too much going on to point to something and say that's the one that's going to be a problem seven days from now or 10 days from now. You have to sort of let the whole everything just sort of play out and watch it evolve and not have any kind of um, preconceived notions as to what uh, what the weather pattern is going to bring. You and I, Joe, know both very well how many times in, in, in so many winters where it looks like nothing's going to happen for days and days, and then suddenly you wake up one morning and the models have gone in a different direction, and you find that you've got a storm that, that a potential coming. Um, that's happened, you know. That happens every winter at least several times. Yeah, there, there was one. Uh, I don't know if it was two or three years ago. I remember that we were uh, saying to our uh, viewing audience at uh, FiOS One, "Ah, it looks like it's going to be like you know 
very quiet, very dry for the next several days or whatever. And I remember it was Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. And before I went to the Super Bowl party that I was going to, I looked at the maps and I said, oh, this is a little different. They, they were now suggesting some kind of a minor system moving in our direction and possibly bringing us a little something, uh, I think the following Tuesday or Wednesday. I said, oh, that's, you know, it doesn't look like it's gonna be as dry as we thought or whatever. And then what happened? Two days later, we're telling everybody to be prepared for near blizzard conditions. And that all came within a span of let's say 48 to 72 hours. And you went any further back, it, it, there was no sign or no signal that that was gonna happen at all. These right. things happen, especially yeah. in a progressive or fast moving pattern like what we have now. Brian Archibald is using the New York Jets indicator. He says the Jets were one in 15 in 1996. And that was the year we got hammered in January. Uh, the, the, uh, the Jets will go 0-16 this year. So that means uh, a 30-inch-plus um, blizzard. Well, we'll write it down. We'll see, we'll see if that corresponds. If, there you go. Hey, whatever <laughs> whatever technique works. If the, if, the, New York Jets, the New York Jets methodology. Right, if, uh, if the Jets going 0-16 means we have a snowy winter, then the Jets should go 0-16 every year. By the way, we've got 63 likes so far. Thank you very much. And uh, we appreciate it when you hit the like button. So go ahead and, you know, thumbs up, hit the like button away. Let's look at the uh, <clears throat> the surface GFS here, which, by the way, is loaded with rain here for tomorrow morning. I mean, it's got, you know, these um, these uh, the rain levels here on the uh, on the GFS are very impressive across northern New Jersey to southern New England. And, of course, you start to see a little bit of the blue getting involved. And then it's in the afternoon. Now, if you watch, folks, what happens with the low goes from 1,001 millibar low at 1 a.m. to a 994 east of the Delaware coast by 7 a.m. to a 986 low by 1 p.m. Now, it's it's steady deepening. It's about a millibar, a little bit more an hour. But I would have preferred, if I were looking for something in terms of a changeover further south, you want to see where where that 994 low pressure is, that's where you want the 986 pressure to be. And uh, when the where the 986 goes to a 981, you want that 981 pressure. And those five or six extra millibars, if the if the rapid deepening had a, would have, would have occurred further south and west, I think that would have pulled down much more cold air. And the models continue to vary in terms of how they see it. I, I noticed Joe that the European seems to be on this kick now, where the day runs tend to be really robust when you look at the precip and the outcome uh, with regards to snow. And then the night runs tend to be a little less robust uh, with it because the after today's run um, has accumulating snow almost down to New York City actually gives you know, the European gave you several inches, believe it or not. But yeah. I, I, I just I didn't I decided that that was just too much for me to to um, to, to to accept. Uh, in a situation like this, and then the, you know, the, uh, the storm, storm prediction center has um, slight uh, chance for um, for uh, severe weather out over the uh, extreme eastern part of the Carolinas, including Cape Hatteras, surrounded by a marginal area. And in fact, if you look at the prospects for tornado activity, uh, right at the right in the coastal area of North Carolina, five percent chance, two percent chance uh, bordering that uh, going toward. Uh, central North Carolina. Now you say to yourself, well, what what is what is tomorrow's show with that intensifying storm? The storm is just like apparently just a little bit too far to uh, provide any kind of significant activity, yeah. save for Cape Cod. Uh, Cape Cod, they have, uh, and for uh, Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard, they have a chance for general thunderstorm coverage, uh, and that's it. The the rest of the country is free and clear with any kind of. Uh, convective activity for tomorrow. All S of the stuff is out, it's out over the ocean. SPC just added that risk area, by the way. I just pulled the map up on the screen. They just added that slight risk about 20 minutes ago. And as you said, 5% tornado risk for the, for, the, for the immediate coast and the outer banks, 2% just inland from there. And, you know, look at the GFS and, and, and the, uh, uh, the way it just develops between uh, 1 a.m. and 7 a.m., you suddenly have this huge line that's out in the ocean. So uh, it, it starts to develop it 
east of Raleigh Durham at about 1 a.m. in the morning, and then it really just fires up like crazy uh, as it goes east. So uh, it's probably a wise move on SPC's part to, to move that up to a slight risk. And there you see the snow wrapped up on the back side. Uh, the gradient gets very tight once the low goes south and east of Long Island. So that's where I think Long Island may, I think the wind may pick up here at least for a few hours, get rather strong, but it really cranks for southeastern New England, which is why they have the high wind warning up in that zone. And then, of course, the low peaks in intensity and then begins to move away. And now here comes the next one. And again, because of the structure of the upper air, it's going to get suppressed south. But it does bring some rain up into Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and some snow starts to develop here Monday afternoon in the western half of North Carolina and, and, and into Virginia. I think this is probably a little bit underdone, uh, and you'll see the models pick up on this uh, at, in the next couple of runs. It should start to show more, but the point is that other than high clouds, this does get shunted to the south of us. There's your low, a 94 low east of Hatteras, and then it, that one deepens to a 75 low uh, out at about... Uh, 37 and a half and about 68 and and then i think it gets down into the low 960s once it gets uh, well south and east of nova scotia uh, come uh, uh, come wednesday and we're just kind of sitting in uh, benign high pressure for thursday and friday it really isn't too much going on uh through the end of the week uh, we see uh, a high that fills over the top for saturday and sunday uh, the model's trying to bring lower pressures up toward the lakes they got a 78 low in North Kansas on day nine, Joe. I don't know about that. Uh, we'll see if that's that's real. And then, they've, been going, they've been going back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it looks like the low is already occluded out because it, it does a, a counterclockwise loop uh, in uh, Nebraska, Missouri, and Kansas, and then just sort of weakens as it moves toward towards the Great Lakes. And I think that's because of that negative NAO. That's that's playing into this, but uh, I would suspect that we'll probably see this change a bit. So I don't know about they get this huge arm of rain coming in for a week from Monday uh, with snow up in northern New England. We'll we'll see about that. And then uh, just for uh, for just for laughs, uh, you could take a look at what the model did uh, with regards to uh, the end of the period. Don't get excited now. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go get you have. To, I wouldn't go get your rock salt. Uh, at Omni True Value Hardware today, uh, but uh, wait, wait at least uh, uh, another ten days to see if this is still alive. Okay, and I'm being sarcastic. You should always go to Omni True Value Hardware to get your rock salt. So I hope it, I hope that doesn't uh, verify for the 21st because that's the uh, oh that's, that's the your night. that's the night of your the the uh, the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, mm -hmm. You if you have a good telescope, you'll be able to see both. The rings of Saturn and Jupiter and its moons all in the same field of view, and that will not be repeated again until the year 2080. And Joe, I don't know about you, but I don't intend to be here in 2080. So no, you're booked elsewhere. Yeah, you might be looking at it from the top down. Exactly. Unless, of course, your destiny is in a different direction. Uh, uh, excuse me. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Why you're... is all of a sudden getting hot in here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, one other, th just a uh, just a couple of other things before we uh, come back full screen. Uh, WPC, with regards to their um, snowfall forecast, uh, their probabilities, and uh, I have their latest forecast from 2033. So it's only a couple of hours ago. Uh, the uh, I pulled up the 48-hour probability of greater than two inches. Uh, I'm, I guess they're looking at the European, and they're not exactly believing it because uh, they have they have the 30% chance of greater than two touching the Massachusetts-Connecticut line. So I would have thought that if, if if they'd have bought the European, they would have probably pulled it further south. And if we use greater than four where the weather service is going uh, 8 to 12 in central mass they only have um, you know they have a 50% probability of greater than 4 very close to the southern new hampshire border so they they're obviously saying they're obviously looking at this and thinking uh, we're um, it's too warm and it's the cold air not enough cold air is going to get in in time in order to change it over that's uh, that they they have been less bullish 
than, than what uh, some of the more aggressive models have shown. And the other thing is, I'll just punch up from Pivotal Weather to take a look at the uh, European snowfall forecast map. And if you could think back to uh, uh, yesterday or the day before. Now, this was last night's. Uh, I, I, I have last night's up here. And uh, this is where I was saying earlier about how <clears throat> the, um, the European at night has been further east and less robust, maybe has heavier snow up in Maine in both cases. Uh, but uh, when you look at today's run, uh, it kind of went back west. So as soon as it'll load here in a moment, but you'll see. I've noticed that, Joe, not just with the European, but over the years, and I've asked other forecasters, I said, have you ever noticed that the, the zero Z runs are, are usually uh, different? I, I, I think it has something to do with the fact that, especially in the summertime, uh, the zero Z runs are picking up on lots of convection, convection. during the summer and uh, translating that into uh, energy and, and uh, you know, plots that uh, really don't add up as opposed to the uh, runs that they do at 12 Z in the early morning when things are a lot more calmer. Right. Uh, well, yeah. and then, you know, yesterday you had the, the NAM, the NAM model hiccuped on, on, uh, on three runs in a row. Uh, where it could barely bring the rain up to New York City and Long Island, and then it suddenly this morning uh, it it, it uh, at six Z it began to go back toward the other way, and then at twelve Z and eighteen Z it pretty much lined up with 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 what the other models were doing. But on the European, for example, Joe at forty one four and seventy three point six, which I don't think is very far from you uh, uh, on the map, it gives four inches. And it actually gives an inch down at uh, 40, 41 and 73.8, which I think is not too far from White Plains. So, yeah. I mean, this is where what I was saying earlier, how, you know, the day run seems to want to go back and bring this, bring the border of two inch or more snows to just on the New York side of the Connecticut, Massachusetts line. And then the night run comes in and, and takes it further east and i think that's the more likely scenario that it's going to be further east the other thing is you can just kind of see that the, that the european uh is a little bit more bullish with precip down in virginia which i was talking about earlier with regards to monday genu generating uh a few inches in central and southern virginia uh especially uh as you go west toward the i-81 so uh just bear that in mind when we uh we, we uh, ch uh check out check this out on sunday uh, we may be talking about some snow down uh, in, uh, in in that part of the world. So, now, did you check? Have you yet checked the plumes at all? Oh, I didn't even look at la la plumes. We could do that. Let's do some la plumes. Yeah. See, what I like, but I, I, for me, these early storms, if they're not going to impact us directly, if they're close enough, it, for me, it's like practice. So I, I get. Um, uh, I, I get to uh, I, I get to practice on uh, on the, on these storms so that I'm I'm in the groove uh, when uh, it finally comes time for our first. So let's see the plume viewer. So I'm going to bring up the plumes. By the way, Alfred Phillips is on from Wainwright, Alaska. I saw he said hello before, so I just want to give you a big shout out, Alfred. It's always good to see you on the chat board. I hope you're staying warm up there on the North Slope. Uh, okay, so let's go. You know, I haven't been on here for so darn long. I got to get the map going. So let's see what Le Plume de la Brioski gives. <clears throat> Shall we go to Hartford first? Sure. I'm, I'm right now on my own screen. I'm just looking at Poughkeepsie. So, but you could, we take a look at Hartford on your screen. Okay, so we'll go total snow for Hartford. And boy, I haven't used this. God, how much use did we get with this last year? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, it flatlines at Hartford. Now, let me make sure uh, what I'm looking at here. This was the 15Z La Plumes for, oh no, it still says OKC on there. Okay, let me try it again. Hold on. There is hope. This is, I'm, I'm looking at 15Z myself for, for Poughkeepsie. All right, I'm going to go to Wyndham, Connecticut here. Uh, it oh. gives Wyndham, Connecticut uh, an average of 1.87. Uh, on the high end, it gives up uh, about 11. And then there's a couple of them that give next to nothing. 
Okay. So what does it the have mean, for what does it have for Poughkeepsie? The mean for Poughkeepsie is three point oh three. If you want to go, it gave Poughkeepsie three inches. It gave Poughkeepsie three point oh three inches, three point oh four actually, Joe. <clears throat> really? Believe it or not. Well, there's a shocker. And uh, on the high end for Poughkeepsie, it gives thirteen point three. On the low end, it gives nothing. So now, now go figure, Joe. It gives Poughkeepsie three inches, okay, and yet it only gives Worcester three three point seven two. How is that possible? I don't know. Uh, I'll go up a little further in Massachusetts here. This is um, uh, between uh, Leo Meister, actually between Gardner, Mass., and Greenfield, Mass. It's north of Springfield, and it gives them five. Let's see what it gives Springfield. Springfield, it gives four. And by the way, if anybody wants to ever, you just, just Google SREF, S-R-E-F. And uh, you can play around with this. I might as well pull up Bridgeport. Uh, it gives Bridgeport two-tenths of an inch. And it gives White Plains. Block Island. What did they give Block Island? Gave Block Island gave 0.07. 7-tenths of an inch for White Plains, Joe. And for Islip, it gave 0 0.02. 0.02. Okay, not just 2, but 0 0.02. Let's look at Boston. Uh, Boston, it gives a mean of 1.78. Keene, New, uh, New Hampshire, it gives uh, 7.66. So now you get into some real numbers here. And I'm not sure what spot this is. In northern New Ham in central New Hampshire, it gives five for some reason. Uh, Portsmouth, Maine, uh, it gives uh, one inch in Portsmouth, Maine. Uh, Gloucester. Mass, 2.41 or near Gloucester, Mass. Uh, Mount Pelier, Vermont. And Mount Pelier gets 8.5. Now let's go into uh, Maine, Augusta. Now, see, I don't understand this. It gives Augusta 2.9. I mean, that, how is that possible? Hold on for a second. I just want to see for myself here. How is hey, that? 2.91, yeah. How is that possible? I don't know. I'll go Auburn, Maine. I mean, unless, you know, no, I don't understand. I don't know what they actually, you know, what the mean at, at, in, in uh, Auburn, Maine is 3.33. I, I, I don't get it. Unless unless some of the SRF models that they're using um, have the surface slope much closer to the coast where warm air gets drawn into Maine. I but, see Caribou 7.5 inches. Yeah. Well, that was fun. I'm glad you brought up the SREF. I haven't played with the SREF in so Le long. <laughs> Le plume. See, we, um, just so everybody doesn't think we're all insane, uh, <clears throat> the um, what you saw, those bars going up, they refer to those as the SREF plumes. So when uh, when I was when we were working. And it was time to look at the SREF. I would just say, just on, uh, just just as a takeoff on the honeymooners uh, with Norton, and go Le Plume de la Brioski. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's time wanna, for Le Plumes. Uh, would you allow me to uh, share uh, an image? Um, oh, by all means, please do. One moment, please. Uh, he wants to share an image. I'll try to remember to make sure I got this set so that you don't even have to ask. But go ahead. Ready? Ready. Oh, okay. So I'm going to share this particular screen with everybody. And uh, stand by. This could be deadly. Whoops. Share. Now. Oh yes, that? we do see W that fabulous WPC. I'm sorry, CPC's map. And uh, you could see that they have virtually the whole. Now, get this, Joe. Take a look at the valid time, December 19th to January 1st. We're already looking into the, the new year with this with this particular map. But what the map doesn't tell you, though, is it doesn't tell you how much above. Because if you look, at, yeah, granted, there is no, we haven't really, there's no, there's no real Arctic air intrusion here that's going on. But. Above doesn't necessarily, I mean, it could be one or two degrees above normal, 
Uh, well, you know how you know I, I I try to look at, and these percentages, of course, I mean, going out three to four weeks, it doesn't carry the same weight as let's say when you're looking at the six to ten day uh, probability map, but. You know, you're going out three to four weeks. You have to have an awful lot of confidence to say this zone right here in the nation's bid section. Hang on, Joe. I got a, uh, I got, I got a technical issue here. Hold on a second. Technical. One second, so everybody can see this. Just a minute. <clears throat> um. Okay. Now, let me bring it up to the top. I got to get rid of all this. Some of the some of these maps that I have up uh, semi-permanent. Uh, hang on. You should be. They can see it. Well, I'm looking right now. I'm on my screen. I just see black. But I'm running. Oh, there you go. There you there go. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There it is. Behind. I was going to say that you know, for you to go three to four weeks in terms of probability and to have enough confidence to say that one particular zone, this area right here in the nation's bid section. 70% probability of above normal, you would suspect that I think it's going to be more than just a degree or two above normal if they're thinking that high. But uh, but may I may I ask, may I ask this question? Did yeah. they not back a few weeks ago have it? I mean, we're not exactly screaming above normal here right now. Exactly. In the eastern, in the eastern part of the, in the eastern half of the U.S. So my, my, my guess is that the climate, you know, I've noticed that we will try and take an occasional looks at the climate models. And uh, the climate models have been, I mean, they, they've hardly changed. Uh, they only changed recognizing the pattern that was, that's going on in the East now uh, about a week ago. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not enthused. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I don't see it getting really cold. There doesn't seem to be uh, any kind of true Arctic connection. But on the other hand, I, I, I don't. I, I, I also, with this, this um, blocky nature that we have in the pattern in the next couple of weeks, it's hard for me to, uh, to see this as a coming blowtorch. And they also have it dry. Right. This is the, uh, I changed maps, and now this is their uh, three to four week precipitation probability map. And you can see that a large section of the country below normal precipitation wise, only place above normal is in the Pacific Northwest. We have uh, an EC which means I guess it could go either way. Equal, Equal chances. chances. Equal chances, yes. Or as Ricky Ricardo would say, equal pasqual. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all right, switch us back because everybody misses our beautiful faces. Oh, all right, I'm going to get rid of that. <clears throat> and you're not in your suit and tie. Okay, I have to uh, now fix this technical issue. Because what happens is when you when you share a screen, uh, the uh, the the software that I use for some reason uh, gets rid of gets rid of us, oh, and right. I have to I have to play technical director here, which you know how much I adore doing. By the way, right? Um, well, I told you yesterday you need a switcher. <laughs> well, I need a switcher and a switcher, yeah, an actual physical switcher and uh, the machine switcher. Yeah. I need I need the person to do this. Uh, but I'm learning little by little, you know, it's all about learning. So let's see. Nope, that's not working. Uh, well, look, at least you have the Omni True Value insignia. Yes, front and center, which is the most important thing. That's the most important thing of all, not us. All right, let me try this. Let's try this again. Hold on, folks. I, I apologize. This is... Uh, this is television at its worst. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, uh, while we're waiting for me to get our pictures on the board, I was thinking that, uh, you know, the, the Christmas song. Um, uh, oh, now I forgot the, the time. Oh, God. What a time to have a senior moment. I was actually thinking about this. I wanted to bring it up. It's because I'm doing too many things at the same time. OK, this is the problem. All right, so hang on one second. Let me resolve this first. Okay. You want me to do a song while you're doing it? No, that? just pray, brethren, that our sacrifice and yours. There we go. Finally got it. I didn't even have to say the whole prayer and it happened. <laughs> no, um, 
the, the uh, song Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Right. Okay, so when they go into the first verse, uh, when, uh, you know, when Santa's on his sleigh. Right. And, okay, so I'm figuring loaded that it's... Lo loaded, you know, loaded lots of... Right. Right. It's twenty. It's twenty twenty. So the words should read, "When sanitizer is on its sleigh, and he's got wrapped up toilet paper on its way." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just my sick, sick mind and semi-creative genius at play. All right. So I think we got we've got all the weather covered. Hold on. I lost something. Nope, that's there. There you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not using two screens. I got to look in front of the monitor to see the bottom of it. I click the right, uh, the, the, the right thing. So um, the weekend is here, and guess what? It can snow tomorrow without us because if we did a live stream tomorrow night, it would already be over with anyway. So um, maybe uh, if, if uh, the weather gets uh, gets hopping tomorrow, I'll, I'll maybe I'll sneak on during the day or, you know, I'll definitely throw up at least a weather in five. But uh, we will be back Sunday at 11 o'clock, correct? 11 a.m. Eastern time. And I believe the chairman is going to send uh, a list of Jeopardy questions. And we'll have again. Oh, wait, he did, actually. Uh, he did well, actually. send it to you, but, but, but he's going to send something to me because he wants he wants my uh, my dear beloved wife to. Uh... Oh, okay, so let me get the ones that I have. I forgot that I do have. I the chairman did send. He's on a COVID run tonight, so I, I have uh, I have what he sent me today. I'm glad you reminded me. So oh, hang cool. on, uh, we can do that. Okay, so uh, this was uh, suggested by uh, Timothy Veltman, uh, and uh, Southern Cities average winter snowfalls. Uh, you must get these numbers within three for credit. We're going to give you 10 cities. Are you ready? Uh, hold on. Get your pen my, and paper. My, my sheet of paper here and uh, my my pen. Yes. So Average snowfalls. The category is average snowfalls in these southern cities. Here is the first city, Birmingham, Alabama. Now, this is the average snowfall? Yeah, you don't have to write it down. We can do them one at a time because I got the answers here. So, yeah, average snowfall. Um, I will, okay. You I'll don't say, have to write uh, it down. I'll say 1.5. 1.5 is correct. Really? On the nose, yes. How do you like that? Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. I've, I've known, well, Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm going to say 0 0.8. Trace. Trace. Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, I'll say uh, 3.9. 2.2. Uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Now, well, see, now Asheville is in the mountains. Yeah, but also the air, my guess is this is the airport. The airport's a lower elevation. Uh, than yeah. the surrounding mountains, so this number could be a bit on the deceptive side uh, for I'll, Asheville, I'll, anyway. I'll say uh, 12.6. 15.7. You missed that by 3.1, which is wow. above the three-inch uh, limit. <clears throat> uh, Cape Hatteras, North Carolina. Oh, Cape Hatteras. Well, how about uh, 0 0.5? 1.9. Green. You know, Go ahead. It's like a situation like we might see on Monday, you know? It's, right. You uh, Greenville, South Carolina. I've been to Greenville. I know it's a very lovely city, and there's also some elevation to Greenville. So I will say uh, 15. All right. I'm going to say 9.7. Okay. You needed to get it to within three. You made it within 2.9. It's 6.8. 6.8. Norfolk, okay. Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. An another one where, let's see, if Cape Hatteras was uh, 1.9 and Norfolk is not too far to the north, so I'll, I'm going to just simply double that and say 3.8. And, of course, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I could remember in the back of my head somewhere where Norfolk got clobbered with, like, 18 inches of snow. Well, I'll stay with it. 3.8. You should have flipped those numbers, 8.3. 8.3. Um, how, how is that possible that you can have such a variance between Cape Hatteras 
and the Virginia Capes. Uh, it's amazing. All right. I'm going to go ahead. Uh, Dallas, two, uh, Dallas is next. But you, you said it already. I almost said it, yeah. Yeah, 2 point, two point something, right? 2. Yeah, 2.6. Uh, okay. Now, the next two, the next two, I want to double check these numbers. Uh, Oklahoma City. OKC. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about, uh, how about 7.9? Now, he's got 5.8 here. I just right. think, I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking that number is kind of low. And uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. And Nashville can actually, you know, get some good snows from mm-hmm. time to time. I've, I've seen them get get that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my neck out and say something like 11.6. See, that he has 6.5. Those, the, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to question those two numbers. I'll do, I'm going to do a little digging. Uh, what you're going to have it. to do, Joe. Joe, what you're going to have to do is is take a look at Compton's Fiction Encyclopedia. Yeah. To sort of <laughs> the questions and <laughs> Thank you, Don Pardo. You and I are one of the few people left around that remember remember Art Fleming. Art Fleming. I have to I have to look back on some of the YouTube. Videos. I told you I met I, I met his uh, uh, I had a lovely conversation with his daughter. Really? She, she was a guest once on News 12 many years ago, and she was thrilled that I remembered her father from. Uh, it took five minutes for the for, it took five minutes for, for the game to start mm-hmm. because Don Pardo would say, "And now I, I I think, and this is the question here: Did he say the star of Jeopardy or the host of Jeopardy? Now now Alex Trebek is the host, but I, I have to look back and see whether or not Don Pardo referred to Art Fleming as the star. She uh, uh, I. You know, that's a good question. Regardless of whether he was the star or the host, Art Fleming would come out, the people would be applauding, and he'd spend the next five minutes saying, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. Thank you very much. All right, thank thank you, thank you. (laughs) And then finally, after the the, the umpteen thank you, all right, players, let's play Jeopardy. (laughs) The Martins here. Hold on a second. You know, it was a, a really. Uh, I don't know how many of our, how many of the people on the chat board. I always watch Jeopardy before I come downstairs to do the show here. And tonight, one of the questions was, what, what astrological sign is also referred to as moon child or moon children? And the answer was cancer, cancer the cat. But when he said the answer to the to the players, he said cancer. And then he, he patted himself like this. And I, I said, ah, oh, you know, that's kind of sad to, you know, to, 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 the knowledge of knowing what yeah. just a couple of weeks was going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, and he, and that, but that shows you the kind of guy he was. I mean, he knew that he was, you know, verging on terminal and, and, and how dire his situation was. And still, even in those situations, in that situation, he was still able to laugh and, kid a little bit by tapping himself when he said when he said that word it's yeah amazing yeah and it, 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 certainly the, the, the struggle is you know you can only you get you you only know what's when uh from someone who's who's dealing with it yep uh it, it's a, it, it is a struggle i have a, my one of my closest friends right now is uh is dealing with it and um it's 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 a day-to-day yeah day-to-day yeah sorry right. so um we uh, will be back uh, Sunday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern time right here on the Joe and Joe weather show. Uh, 92, 92 likes, Mr. Rayo, 92 likes. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, Steve LaPointe, thank you for uh, your encouragement. I really appreciate it. And hitting super chat tonight uh, as well. Thank you. And of course, everybody on the chat board tonight, uh, they always, they all were posting answers to the questions here. Uh, uh, <laughs> From to the questions from the the uh, the snow cities, I got to check again on Oklahoma City and Nashville because I can remember some years where Oklahoma City got clobbered, and as you said, Nashville also. I would have thought the numbers would have been a little higher, maybe yeah. not nothing crazy higher, but maybe a little higher. But on the other hand, you know, averages are averages. Is this you know if it's a thirty year average or is it a, a 
an average going back a hundred years. I don't know. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a little digging. Chuck Cargillo asked, do you remember Joe Chiappi when Alex Trebek did high rollers? I remember high rollers. Yes, with, with I do. Ruta Lee. With Ruta Lee, who I believe in, she's originally from Canada. She did a couple of Perry Mason episodes and also did, um, uh, she was in what? Uh, oh, oh God, she was in the movie with. Oh, his face is Charles Lawton and uh, Tyrone Power, Marlena Dietrich, uh, and it was a um, was it witness for the prosecution? I don't know. You're the you're the big movie fan. Um... I, what I can tell you about Ruta Lee, which was mentioned in Alex Trebek's book, which I strongly uh, urge a lot of, if, if you haven't gotten the book, it makes a great Christmas or holiday present. And uh, the one thing he said about Ruta Lee was he was amazed, Alex Trebek was, because Ruta Lee seemed to know everybody yes. in Hollywood. You know, like, it would be interesting to see Ruta Lee's little black book. She probably had the name of every famous actor or actress in that book, at least according to Alex Trebek. By the way, I was right. It was witness for the witness for the prosecution. Very good movie. Very funny. Elsa Lancaster is in that uh, as well. If you uh, wanted to get to see a uh, a really interesting uh, mystery, uh, sort of a mystery. It's it's a court trial, but uh, it, it, it's uh, it's well done. Uh, uh, witness for the prosecution. Scott Briller is, is, is on the board. He just hit super chat. Thank you, Scott. Uh, hope staying safe on your COVID runs. Very important that you stay safe and healthy because you already had that one run back a few weeks ago when you were uh, you, you were hit pretty hard with whatever bug was going on, but it wasn't uh, COVID, thankfully. Right. All right. So we'll be back sun uh, for the umpteenth time. We will be back Sunday at eleven o'clock Eastern time. So we will see you then. Thanks again, everybody, for being here and for all the support. Uh, that you give us on a nightly basis, Joe, and I really appreciate it. We'll see you uh, in less than 48 hours. Yes. Nighty night. Au reservoir.